For Arizona Public Media, I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Today we're talking with Brad Story, Professor of Speech, Language, and Hearing Sciences. Brad studies how our vocal tracts work, using computational modeling to simulate the human vocal tract as it produces speech. Thanks for joining us, Brad. Thank you, Leslie. Tell us about this computer-based speech synthesizer you've developed. Yes, it's, it's now called Tube Talker. It's had a number of names over the years. Um, I started to work on, on this approach to speech synthesis during my PhD program um, at the University of Iowa. And I really took on part of uh, what had already been done by, by my mentor, a man named Ingo, Ingo Tietze. What it consists of is really it's a it's a mathematical representation of the physics that produce speech. So there's a mathematical representation of airflow, the aerodynamics, the mechanics of the vocal folds that vibrate to produce the initial sound um, deep in our throats. That we that call the vocal the, cords? We call the vocal cords, mm-hmm. or um, we, we tend to call them the vocal folds now mm-hmm. because of the way that the tissue is structured. And that produces this, this raw sound, which is really, if you listen to it by itself, is basically a, a buzzer. And that sound is then shaped into the vowels and consonants of speech by the way in which we shape, that we form the, um, the airspace of the throat and the mouth. So how anatomically correct are your models? Do you base them very specifically and in detail on the anatomy that you deduce yes. for our, our tissues? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the, um, the, the focuses of, of my dissertation in the, the mid-90s was, was to really map out the, um, the shape of the vowels and consonants of American English using magnetic resonance imaging. So we had a, a person who was in the MRI scanner produce repetitions of the vowel E and ah and ooh and, and all of the other vowels and consonants in, in American English. And then we did a, um, a three-dimensional reconstruction of the airspaces that were produced during the production of those sounds. And that's really the, the, the baseline data set that we still use today from which we can produce uh, a vocal tract that actually moves in time. So you synthesize speech, but based on models that must have been developed according to the measurements you got from I- individuals. But we're very different. My voice is different from yours. How do, how do you um, deal with individual variation? Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Everybody is different. Um, we've, we've measured, we've done the, the same kind of MRI measurements on, on many other speakers, and everybody is absolutely different. Um, but we have worked on on that problem quite a lot. And what it comes down to is that there is a, um, what, basically it's the average vocal tract shape of a particular person that holds a lot of the idiosyncratic features. And so it's, it's simply that sound that we produce when we don't know what else to say. It's, uh, that's what we call the neutral vocal tract shape. The movements that we impose on that shape that changes the overall shape, they're superimposed on the idiosyncrasies. And so if I produce an e-vowel, the movements that I use to produce the e-vowel would be the same as as the movements that you use to produce it. But when it's superimposed on our own idiosyncratic mean shape or this neutral shape, it carries, it it takes on characteristics that are are individual. Do you work with people who have... Uh, difficulties with voice? 
I, I work on projects that have an effect, potential effect, on clinical application. I personally am not a clinician, so I don't ever work directly with a client or a patient. But much of what we can do with a model uh, is, is a way to, to simulate some of those potential um, impairments that people do encounter either in the auditory system or the speech production system. And the fun of a model is it can give you insights that were completely unexpected. Right? That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. And just as an example of that, I, I've had two recent um, doctoral students who have made use of this model to study a disorder. So in one case, um, one doctoral student was studying unilateral vocal fold paralysis. And so we could simulate a paralysis of the vocal folds and produce many different kinds of speech sounds and utterances um, that could be presented to listeners for them to, to, to rate in a laboratory setting. Um, my other doctoral student studied vocal tremor, which is a, a condition that can be just a, what's called essential tremor by itself, or it can be associated with other um, diseases like Parkinson's disease. Listen to this and all Arizona Science conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.